Hello, and welcome to part four of The Physics of Consciousness by Ivan Antic, read today here with you now on Transcending Ascension by Spirit Mom with Spirit Mom. As we dive into our book, it is again part four, so if you missed one to three, go ahead and check those out or just join us now. This book is so fantastically amazing, it doesn't matter when you're jumping in. It'll have something to offer for everyone. Here we go. The overall motion generates energy. Energy is motion in its foundation. The fantastic speed of the divine particle, while shaping overall existence, generates with its motion the energy for the existence of everything. Since everything comes into existence momentarily through the manifestation of the divine particle, everything we see as energy manifests in the same manner as well. Momentariness is the foundation of the wave. The wave is motion and motion is energy. The meaning of the word energy is derived from the Greek word for being in motion. Nothing in the cosmos is identical and everything is in motion. This brings us to the paradox of reality that the cosmos itself is manifested as energy because nothing is substantial, everything is momentary. Everything can move because it is momentary and unsubstantial. If anything were substantial and objects were real by themselves, the overall motion and the energy to see it through would not be possible. The cosmos represents overall motion because the cosmos is a manifestation of energy. Everything is energy in its foundation, generated by the momentary vibration of the divine particle, which is nothing but the concrete manifestation of the very divine absolute. This makes the quantum field, or ether, the source of overall energy in nature. In other words, energy as the initial requirement for the production of motion is not needed. Quite the reverse. Motion itself, an infinitely fast vibration of the divine particle, which is the foundation of everything, generates energy for all the remaining processes. The Greek notion, energia, we use as the word for energy today. Therefore, its original meaning sees energy as every kind of motion in existence. In being, subsequently, motion itself is energy. Since everything is moving, it is all visible to us as energy. However, the materialistic view accepted by academics of the highest accreditation have dimmed our perspective of the world and distorted the original meaning of the word energy itself as the source of everything. We are more inclined nowadays to see everything as dead matter, whereas energy in modern times we translate as the product of combustion or electrical energy. Only quantum physics and mysticism remain, remind us that matter as such does not exist, only energy. We merely give a more detailed description here of why that is so. 
furthering such information, energy is only a different aspect of consciousness, and together they constitute life energy. This, this is recognized as the divine love that enables everything in human experience. The experience of un unconditional love that enables everything is an emotional experience that happens when the human becomes aware of omnipresent divine energy as life energy. It is quite the same whether we choose to define the quantum field as a universal that enables all living energy and follows a conscious intent, or if we say the divine unconditioned love facilitates everything that is. It is the consciousness that enables us to become aware of ourselves and the world, and is in reality is divine love. To say that the absolute overall existence is unconditional loves rings even more true when the human who has not yet merged consciousness with the energetic aspect of existence, it is too early to understand, except that it sounds nice and ideal. They cannot recognize and accept as highest truth that everything they see, experience, and do Everything that happens to them is only the unconditional love that always happens and nothing at all is possible without it or outside of it. Individual consciousness and energy functioning are still separate in an unenlightened human who is unable to fathom the unity of existence as unconditional love at any given moment. The experience of love in a human is partial and occasional and connected with certain objects and, co and contents. They can experience some of it only if they are inspired by favorable circumstances. It was said a long time ago that self-knowledge is neither worthy nor possible without love. Consciousness without love cannot be a objective consciousness, the awareness of reality, because love is the ability to connect two things regardless of the available information and evidence, which are seemingly fragmentary. Love binds everything much like life energy does. Subsection 14. For example, one same life energy connects two people who hate each other due to their opposing convictions, and who fight physically with one another if they became aware of the one same energy residing in all human beings. The same particle they are all made of, love, would connect them in the same way life energy does. The same way transcendental consciousness that exceeds the human mind truly exists, and is being used by everyone for the functioning of their limited consciousness. The transcendental emotion tie of love also exists and joins all seemingly separate beings and phenomena into one. The way that cosmic consciousness joins everything an individual mind sets apart is the same way love connects everything that is bodily and mentally split apart. In this way, love is the necessary condition for objective consciousness. Their unity invites our tendency towards love both consciously and unconsciously, in always possible all our lives. This same point is the reason for human destructiveness induced by the lack of experience in love. At least in the case of early childhood, 
Therefore, love is the measure of all things in this world because it is the background of life, energy, and consciousness as their link and foundation. Life energy is the connection between consciousness and energy, and in our experience we feel their connection as love. This is further expressed as an erotic episode, as the act of love creating new life, new forms of life energy. All beings are conceived in the source, in the ether, and for this reason the separate sexes must merge into one and briefly, even for an instant, remind themselves of their true state and conscious intention for a new being to be born. Therefore, raising awareness of energy brings consciousness of the omnipresent divine love. Those three things, energy, consciousness, and love, are one thing. Only a mind attributes differences to them. Their unity is known to us only when the mind stops in blessed ecstasy, regardless of the way it was achieved, either in orgasm or meditation. It is the same experience with the difference that orgasms are spontaneous and short-lived, while meditations are cultivated and permanent. Subsection 15. This is why orgasm is so attractive to people, to all beings, because it is a short-lived state of unity of the individual consciousness and consciousness of the divine absolute. The same state is attractive for people in meditation, owing to which a cultivated, pure, and permanent transcendental consciousness is attained as a reflection of the divine absolute in us. It, was, it will become clearer to us the way consciousness determines energy if we realize that consciousness has several different states. There is the very faint consciousness that is limited by the sensory perception animals have, which is in some people as well. Such a consciousness engages energy toward limited goals only, usually for the survival of the body. The lower the level of consciousness, the more destructive the implementation of such energy tends to be. There is a biofeedback effect to this. An insight into destruction helps consciousness to grow stronger. Consciousness is strengthened by discovering proper and constructive ways of functioning. Higher states of consciousness engage energy towards the achievement of higher goals. No idea can be realized without energy, and consequently no energy can be engaged without a goal or an idea. If the consciousness goal is missing, the energy then stagnates and disintegrates, changes its shape and goes toward, toward alternative sources where it can be utilized. Energy can be taken over and even stolen. This is always done by the person who is aware of energy, while the person who does not have this awareness loses energy. Consciousness in the human body. We cannot understand the nature of consciousness without understanding it in ourselves first. Although the human always utilizes consciousness that makes them human, Unlike other species, the nature of consciousness in the human is the subject with the biggest misconceptions, even conspiracies. Science treats consciousness as some material emergence, as perception induced by the functioning of neurons and being utterly dependent on them as a product of brain functioning and ma manipulation of information. Religion 
projects the nature of consciousness into the divine spheres and mystifies its origin and impact, whereas most religions do not contemplate the nature of consciousness itself, but are completely based on the contents of consciousness or convictions and beliefs. As though the real task of religion is for the issue of the true nature of consciousness to be sidetracked. The notion of the soul most accurately defines the nature of consciousness, and this is the reason this notion has always been mystified to the utmost by clergy and discarded by the world of science. It is not possible to understand the notion of consciousness without a proper understanding of the notion of the soul. They are completely connected and interdependent. Together they directly refer to human authenticity, complete realization, and freedom. Are the majority of people in this world in the manner described? No, they are not, because a fully realized and liberated human is of no use to either the church or other political institutions. Together they have done everything in their power to eliminate the notion of consciousness of the soul in both formal education and science as well as in religion. In order to understand properly the true nature of consciousness, it is necessary to understand the nature of the human soul and the human's relationship to it. To clarify the issue, we will use this image. It's a picture of the structure of human consciousness of the soul, starting with consciousness of the soul on top, Next is the higher mind, and third we have the physical or empirical mind. We have already established that consciousness and existence are the same. They only appear to us as different. As existence and the awareness of existence, it can also be said that the divine absolute manifests itself dually as existence itself, outward, and the awareness of existence which is within the human. Consciousness of the divine absolute, which the absolute uses to manifest itself as overall existence, is consciousness of the soul. From its highest realm, it projects itself from the absolute as a monad of consciousness that creates the biggest objects throughout the entire cosmos including stars and planets. Monads of consciousness progressively divide themselves into smaller branches until the point the finest individual branches remain in existence, which are our souls in our physical bodies. Therefore, our soul is the ultimate branch of the divine consciousness of the absolute that enables everything. Our consciousness also facilitates all the consciousness we have and use in our everyday lives. By all means, the consciousness we have in our body is but a fraction of the original consciousness that enables overall nature into existence. In our body, consciousness divides itself into the lowest and most limited part the one that operates using the brain and the body, and it is called the empirical physical mind or ego. This consciousness is limited by the physical body and the senses. It has awareness of the body only and that which can be perceived by the senses. Above the physical is the higher mind. It is independent independent of the body and sensory perception, which automatically means it can far more independently sense space and time. This higher mind is the connection of the physical mind in 
the body with consciousness of the soul, which is above the higher mind. Consciousness of the soul is so big and powerful that it cannot fit into the body. We cannot have a direct link from the body with consciousness of the soul. We must have some mediator, which is the higher mind. The science of psychology deals with the physical mind only. It does not take into account anything else. The functioning of the higher mind psychology proclaims irrational and even psychotic, and consciousness of the soul is altogether rejected. It can be said that all the mechanisms for functioning of consciousness within the physical mind and its link to the energies of the body are well explained with Freudian psychology. While the functioning of consciousness between the physical mind and the higher mind and consciousness of the soul is particularly explained by Carl Jung's psychology. The functioning of the physical mind can easily be interpreted because it has joint principles of psychodynamics and psychopathology, much like all people who have bodies and all bodies function identically. Merging the individual mind with the higher mind or consciousness of the soul is a personal experience and therefore falls under the category of objective reality. It cannot be proved to be the functioning of the physical mind. It still has some common patterns that are wrongly given the name of archetypes of the collective unconsciousness. A more accurate term would be the archetypes of the collective consciousness. This process is always individual and for this reason Jung always described it as the process of individualization. Since the process of connecting the physical mind to consciousness of the soul is individual, it is scientifically difficult to prove. The notion of soul psychology is associated with a vague combination of emotions, life energy, and imagination. Everything that exceeds the functioning of the physical mind is called altered states of consciousness. At best and only, a small number of researchers associate such states with the mystical states of spiritual practitioners and mystics. Experiences that cannot be classified are labeled as being psychotic. However, since the higher mind and consciousness of the soul influence all people on a daily basis and everyone experiences their effects, effects, psychology took all of them under its wing and started a new practice with the name transpersonal psychology. It too does not offer any conclusions about higher consciousness and consciousness of the soul. There is only ongoing research and speculation. All functioning of the higher mind and consciousness of the soul that cannot be suppressed or explained through transpersonal psychology gets suppressed and explained through religious convictions. Both science and religion conceal the truth of the human soul. Science materializes it while religion takes it away from the human because, according to religious beliefs, the human is granted a soul from some higher force and stands a good chance of losing it if they prove to be a lesser believer. Nowhere is the soul revealed as the essence of the human, which is the essence of the divine at the same time. And as the source of consciousness, where consciousness is the source of existence itself. All other interpretations then become redundant 
There is some justification for science, for it requires solid evidence, precise research methods, and development, although science uses all of these in only one dimension, the physical world. There is no justification for religious, though. But because part of their job is to disclose the higher dimensions, not to hide them. There is not a multitude of consciousnesses. There is only one consciousness of the absolute that expresses itself in the form of overall existence, as all of the cosmos and life. It merely splits itself and diverges into all possible individual forms, into all living conscious beings. We are one of these. Via our soul, we are connected to all beings and the whole of existence. This is all the truth there is to be known about the human soul and the nature of human consciousness. Thank you for tuning in to part four of the Physics of Consciousness. This has been a Transcending Ascension broadcast brought to you by Spirit Mom. If you're interested in this type of content, content, we run a podcast as well as a YouTube, TikTok channel, and Instagram page, as well as a spiritual coaching uh, business where you can attain and achieve your own help in personal enlightenment. If this is the sort of thing you are interested in, please come visit us at www.spiritmomcoaching.com where you can receive help on personal development and enlightenment. There are many different options and avenues we have to achieve your top goals for your soul and spirit in their union. So that is all for today. Check back soon for part five. Goodbye for now. Thanks for tuning in. Spirit Mom.